Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 90 on the first paragraph when you discuss a prospect and we're going to be reading through two paragraphs. Today's readers are Sima M. on the 12 Steps, Rocky I. on the 12 Traditions, Karen T., Christine M., and Janice M., and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The reference number for Tuesday, August 29th, 2017, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10363-10363. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Wednesday, August 30th, 2017, the 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, is 10365-10365. Our preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA and to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sima M. to read the 12 steps. Sima. Sima, you have to start one to unmute. Hello, this is Sima M., grateful compulsive overreader living in recovery. The 12 steps. One, we have made real powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be service. Thank you, Sima. Rocky I will now read the 12 traditions. Rocky. Star one, Rocky. Right. Hi, sorry. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I could okay. I was I couldn't press the button anyway. So this is Rocky Recover in Tempe, Arizona. <clears throat> the twelve traditions. One. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two. For our group purpose there is one but ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, 
Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, financed, or rent the OA name to any uh, related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group are to be fully self-supporting, becoming outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, Overeaters OA as such are never endorsed and never be organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relationships policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rocky I. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing to what the directions uh, in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 90. It's the first paragraph when, when you discover a prospect, and we're going to read through two paragraphs ending with if the tables were turned, and we're going to have comments on both. And I will now ask Karen T. to begin reading. Karen? Hello, Sylvie. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Great. This is Karen, compulsive reader, recovered from Louisiana. When you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous, find out all you can about him. If he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil a later opportunity. This advice is given for his family also. They should be patient, realize that they are dealing with a sick person. If there is any indication that he wants to stop, have a good talk with the person most interested in him, usually his wife. Get an idea of his behavior, his problems, his background, the seriousness of his condition, and his religious leanings. You need this information to put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. So um, don't waste time. Karen, we just lost you. Star one. Karen? Can you hear me now? Yes, you're back. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, um, yeah, it's just right as you started. Oh, interesting, okay, sorry about that. Um, so I uh, was saying that um, we may spoil a later opportunity if we try and persuade someone that OA is for them before they're ready. And this was my experience. My roommate in college went into OA and um, she was doing very well, but I was not ready. And we both knew that I was a compulsive overeater, but she didn't do anything. She didn't talk to me about it at all. She just let me watch her, which was great. And then I got more and more desperate. 
And the truth is the only thing that can give us willingness is the disease. So as my disease progressed, I got more and more desperate and I was able to go to my first meeting. I did give the excuse that she needed a ride to a meeting, so I was just going to my first meeting to um, support her and give her the ride, but we all knew what was really going on. Um, um, So I wanted to say that. And then um, also with my own family, um, there are people in my family who I thought needed the program, and um, I... uh, tried to persuade them. And I think I may have spoiled a later opportunity. I think that my early enthusiasm may have put off some of the members of my family. Um, I've been in LA for more than 25 years, and as far as I know, no one else in my family um, has tried it. Um, So uh, I may have spoiled a later opportunity. So I just turned that over to God. Um, I did what I thought was best at the time, and um, when they get desperate, they know where to come. Um, and then, uh, you know, try and find out about the person through his family. I don't, I've never done that, but I do try and ask them questions about their background and especially about their religious leanings. I have found it very helpful when I'm first talking to a newcomer to just say, do you believe in a higher power? Um, And see how they answer. And that will change how I talk to them. If they have a higher power, I'll say, okay, well, pray about whether OA is for you or not. And if they don't have a higher power, then I'll talk about how... um, you don't have to believe anything in a way, and um, it's just a spiritual program, and um, just keep coming. So um, I do believe in at least learning about the person as much as possible so that you can be of maximum benefit. And um, I have brainstormed how I would like to be approached if the tables were turned. That's a great exercise as well. And we don't have to do this alone. We can always talk to our own sponsors and other friends about how um, to approach people. So thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Karen. Okay, so a reminder, we're on page 90, the first two paragraphs in working with others, and I can take a list of who'd like to share. Carrie S. Okay, so I've got Carrie S., Christine M. Christine M. Lynn S. Lynn S. Penny LC. Penny LC. Janice M. Janice M. Anybody else? Okay. So I've got Carrie S., Christine M., Lynn S., Penny LC, and Janice M. Carrie, if you could start us and then follow by Christine M. Good morning, Sylvia. This is Carrie in Colorado, gratefully recovered, and so glad to be on the line. This, The notes that I have in my book for this, that there is, um, so to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. So there's really no specific rule that can be given here, but that we each recall what it felt like to be that newcomer and or what it would feel like to leave the program. So just checking in with my ego and my pride um, and this idea of having like a daily humility of what it was like for me when I first, first came in. And I'll never forget getting my first outreach call and it was from a, a, a long timer who'd, who'd had a lot of time in program. And I was so honored that she would call me and it gave me that, that sense of connectivity that it is a we program. So that um, I think it's most important that the newcomer is the most important person in the room that, that we get this opportunity. And I like um, reference to Dr. Bob's nightmare on page 181. It has the four points 
It's one, a sense of duty. Two, it's a pleasure. Three, because in doing so, I'm paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. Amen. And four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. So we are uniquely qualified and we're not professionals. I'm not a, I'm not a counselor, not a therapist, but I can share my experience that if I persevere in following these steps, if I have the grit and the determination to continue on a daily basis of taking these actions, then I can share with the newcomer what has worked because I've been through the ringer. I've, I've felt the, the, the gates of death slamming home and I want to feel the sunlight of the spirit. And so I, I get to practice these principles in all my affairs and, and abandon myself utterly to this program. So uh, I, I just am so grateful that I get to this chance to pass it on to a newcomer and, and just remember that we are uniquely qualified and, uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Carrie S. Christine M., followed by Lynn S. Christine? Yes, hello, everyone. My name is Christine M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. Um, yeah, that is, it's definitely an honor and a privilege to be able to um, work with others today, just as others take the time to work with me and continue to work with me. Um, it's, it's, it's humbling. Um, I just want to say this brings me back to um, before I got recovered and I would like be in the food and get out for like a week and then go back in the food and then get back out for like a week or something like that and then I'd go back in and um, each time I would, you know, I would tell myself that I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to pull myself up on my bootstraps and I'd call Vision and I'd ask somebody to sponsor me. Well you know, um, I wasn't ready to put the food down. And after a few times of me saying, you know, I didn't make any outreach calls when I felt like eating, I didn't, you know, um, take any action, you know, they had to let me go and um, because I just wasn't ready to put the food down. And the truth is, is that um, I used to get really angry and I used to think, you know, how could they do that? They're being mean. This isn't fair. And what they were doing, they were following what the big book said. And that was the most loving thing that they could ever do for me was to let me go because we are not here to persuade anyone, you know, or convince anyone that they're a compulsive overeater and they're powerless over food, you know. It's not what anybody said that convinced me. It was the food that was the great persuader like the big book talks about and it beat me into a state of reasonableness. It wasn't anything that anybody on the other end of the phone said or anything my family said or anything like that. And today I am so grateful for the women who did sponsor me and did have to let me go. And today, um, you know, uh, I appreciate what they did. And I understand because sometimes I have to do that as well and because I don't want to spoil a later opportunity and um, I also don't want to, you know, there's such a thing as loving someone to death, and I, I don't want to do that because that's definitely not helpful. So um, until the pain was great enough for me to put the food down and take the necessary actions I needed to take, especially in those first few weeks when I was putting the food down and it was calling me, um, to be willing to reach out, to be willing to make outreach calls, to be willing to um, ask my higher power for help to be willing to go to any lengths to put that food down, a sponsor couldn't do anything with me. And, you know, I can't do anything with the sponsee if they're not willing to put the substance down. There's no way I can go through the steps or take someone else through when I am using the substance. Um, so I'm just really grateful to be here, and I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity, I am recovered today, and that the people who I thought did me so wrong are now friends of mine and I'm able to call them and do 10 steps and they can do 10 steps with me. And, you know, we have a, um, we have a connection, you know, a spiritual connection. So I so appreciate this program. And um, to anybody that's new, please get a sponsor and work the steps. You don't have to suffer. Thanks. Thank you, Christine M. Lynn S. followed by Penny L.C. 
Good morning. This is Lynn F., a recovered compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. It always amazes me when there's this chapter working with others because all through the book are directions on how to recover in this program. And then when it comes to working with others, I totally forget this chapter. Don't even look at it. And so I'm, I'm so glad we're reading it again because it really sets me back and, and makes me look and say, Lynn, here are the directions. Use them. And my sponsor pointed out to me that there's over 62 ifs in this chapter. And a lot of the ifs pertain to the new person and a lot of the ifs pertain to me. And it's important that I, I pay attention to them and I ask those questions and I, and I satisfy those requirements because this is the way it works, Lynn, not, not your way. And I've had two experiences with this. One of them was somebody had come back in the program and I was talking to them and they looked at me and they said, you know what, I'm not ready to do this. And it was funny because every instinct in me just wanted to reach out and grab them and, and convince them and, and like, what do you mean? You're right here. You're so close. And the answer that came out of my mouth was, well, that's okay. You know, give me a call when you are. I couldn't believe that. That was so the grace of God because that, that's never been my, my natural instinct. My natural reaction is to talk at you and talk at you and talk at you until you get it because this is it. And besides, I'm right, don't you know? <laughs> and the second part that I find so difficult is where it says, get an idea of that person, their behavior their problems, their background, the seriousness of their condition, and their religious leanings. I never do that. I want to talk them over and talk about my experience and, and how great this is and how you can recover too. And it's, it's really making me sit back and take another look at this, Lynn, and before you start to work with somebody else and before you make that call to the person who's struggling, read this. Pay attention. The instructions are here. And if the instructions are so terribly important for all the other, you know, 89 pages up to now, I'm sure this is equally as important. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Penny LC, followed by Janice M. Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning to Sylvia and to everyone on the line. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And as I was reflecting on these paragraphs, I couldn't help but notice that um, if there are newcomers on the line, uh, first of all, I want to assure you that we do not go and talk to people that you know <laughs> about you. <laughs> that is not done. That might have been done in 1939, but um, that's not the practice. But beyond that, um, you know, in approaching uh, someone who may be a candidate for um, this disease and our recovery process, you know, there's that there's that humility that first of all I need to be sure that I've I've taken with me, and and um, and I need to be sure that I'm being honest about my truth and open to share with them um, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now for me, you know, and be willing to just listen. That's, you know, because they they have a lot that they need to share. And when they, when I think when, I know when I feel heard, um, I can feel validated and I can feel like someone cares. And that, to me, is a, you know, a valuable sense of feeling, beginning to be able to trust. And that's one thing that I know that I really need to cultivate when I'm talking to a newcomer is that trust, that they can know that I've been where they are and that I can help them um, show them a way to find that freedom that they are so uh, hopefully desperately looking for because we all know we need to be desperate to be able to do what we need to do. But then to be able to share with them the freedom 
I think that is just so key. I would share something from, as Bill sees it on page 14. This is a quote from Bill in a letter from 1922. You can't make a horse drink water if he still prefers beer or is too crazy to know what he does want. Let a pail of water beside him, tell him how good it is and why, and leave him alone. If people really want to get drunk, there is, so far as I know, no way of stopping this. So leave them alone and get them and let them get drunk, but don't exclude them from the pail of water either. You know, we can't condemn someone if they go back to the food, but we can certainly keep offering our solution and and share with them how blessed we are to have found it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny L.C. Janice M.? Well, good morning to you, Sylvia F. This is Janice M. and everyone. My name, um, I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, when you dis- discover a prospect, we have to remember now when this book was written, there was no AA and there wasn't, of course, any OA. So they had to go out, you know, and look for people. But, you know, we're so fortunate that I live in this time that there are so many people that come into AA to OA to find a solution. Okay, so this book is simply telling me, oh, I didn't put it, please time me um, kindly, uh, is telling me the do's and the don'ts. When somebody calls you, first of all, it takes a lot of courage for anyone. I mean, I know from my experience to call somebody and, you know, talk with them and then maybe ask them to be my sponsor. You know, I don't want to be rejected. So I have to be very careful on how I approach them. You know, I have to not scare them away as a sponsor. I have to not turn them off. You know, like I know it all, and I'm, I'm going to teach you all, and, you're, and I'm going to get you recovered, and blah, 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 whatever. And um, that's the first thing I would do. Now, it tells us right here in the first direction, if he does not want to stop eating compulsively, drinking, there's nothing I can do. That's the first thing I ask them. They say, oh, yeah, I want to stop because, you know, I have to lose 100 pounds and I'm going to go to a wedding and, and, you know, I want to, you know, I'm tired of this. And, you know, but I want to stop until Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, well, right away, we know as a sponsor that they don't know this grave nature of my illness and that they have a real illness. It's not just about losing weight. They don't know it at that time. Neither did I. (laughs) So I have to be very, very careful. And, you know, I explained to them, do you really want to stop? You know, like the red, the red, uh, you know, the, the, the traffic light. Red means stop for one day at a time. Doesn't matter if it's Christmas or whatever. And they say, yeah, I tried it so many times and then goes right back. And then you start reeling them in, like Leah says, with the bait. You know, identify with them. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know if you're like me, but I was like that until I started getting, uh, you know, 100 pounds overweight. I started getting uh, uh, knee replacements, high blood pressure, so that they can say, yeah, you know what, I had. I went to the doctor and that's how you get them in. Now, if you know that they really just want to stop and diet, um, that's okay. Um, but they really don't want to stop yet, and that's okay. And sometimes it's hard to detach from them because I like them. You know, I like certain people. And so as sponsors, we have to be patient. We have to be tolerant. We have to be loving. But not so much that we're going to carry them. And give them recovery because I don't give recovery. I couldn't give it to myself and I can't give it to you. There's the time. There's the time. Okay. So I think the more important thing is for them to relate to us to see that this is a real grave. This is a grave. This is an illness that we have. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. So a quick reminder that we're on page 90, first and second paragraph. And let's get a list going. Who would like to share? I'm sorry, Eric 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 the first person. Terry H. You know, you're you're just weak. Is it Terry H? Yes. 
Okay. It, you're uh, a little quiet. Okay. Who else? Courtney. I've got you, Courtney. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Beth B. Beth C. Beth B as in boy. Okay, Beth B. Anyone else? Erica T. Erica T. I could take one more. Okay, we'll Kathy go Joe with this. P. Okay, we got you, Kathy Joe. Okay. Terry H, Courtney B, Sherry K B, Beth B, Erica T, and Kathy Joe P. Let's go ahead with you, Terry H and Courtney. You're up next. Hi everyone. My name is Terry H, a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, beautiful day in North Carolina. Enjoying the cool weather. You know, and when I went through the steps and worked with my sponsor and um, completed the steps of the program and recovery and became recovered and it was time to work with other people, I was terrified. I felt like I didn't know enough. I, you know, I was very green, very wet. And, you know, I was, I was nervous that I would not be of service to anyone. And, you know, I just prayed about it and asked my higher power to lead me and guide me through, you know, the process. And, you know, um, just was open to whoever, you know, my higher power would send me and to work with them and, you know, and just getting to know them a little bit and, and um, spending time. And just being willing, being willing. I'm not going to do it perfectly. I don't know everything. But I do know how to read, and I do know where the answers are, and the answers are in the big book. And, you know, that is my experience. That's my experience in working the program through my sponsor and, and, you know, having a spiritual experience. And that's what I want to share with other people. Um, You know, I I struggle with this piece about people uh, leaving, leaving people alone who are not ready. And, you know, I just really trust that God will work in their hearts and work in my heart. And, you know, and I just follow the directions. It's not like I'm dropping them. um, And I will, I'm always open to uh, contacts and things like that. But what I know is working the steps and that's um, through the big book. And that's what I have to offer. And that's, you know, my experience, strength, and hope. And I am so grateful my sponsor jumped in the hole with me, reached out her hand, and worked the steps with me. Um, and I just want to give that back to those those people who are, you know, struggling. And, uh, you know, I'm just really grateful for my recovery today. I'm grateful for my life. And, um, you know, that person who spent time with me going through the um, big book and the steps with me. And, um, you know, just keep doing it, taking the actions and doing it one day at a time. It's part of my recovery. It's not a choice. It's a must for me. And I'm not going to do it perfectly, and I just know that. And, you know, with that, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Courtney B., you're up. Courtney B. from Northern California. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, good morning. Oh, good, good. Hi. So as we were reading this, I started to giggle because I think about in the beginning, you know, of course, I was like the true believer, the true convert. I wanted everybody uh, to, to get this. And, you know, again, my codependency issues were so enmeshed with this eating stuff, it was like jewelry just all cramped up and you have to gently pull it apart, pull it apart. I was studying social work in college, so, I, you know, my idea of service and serving God was to be everything to everybody. And I can remember, uh, I would say, call me 24-7, and people would. And I would be exhausted the next day, and one gal would call just before I'd try to go to bed, and bleed all over me, and and someone else I worked for worked for, and just wouldn't do any suggestions, and she'd have a fight with a boyfriend, and then go binge, and and I didn't know back then. It took me far too long to say, let's stop, let's just stop, you know. And so I really, really realized it was really cool. It's, it's process and learning and sharing, but it's attraction, not promotion. 
And then I had this revelation. Stop trying to correct and convict people. Just connect. With an attitude of being helpful, but really learning boundaries. So now I take calls from 9 until 9. That's it. Afterwards, no. I get a good night's sleep. I don't have the... I guess I have the understanding that God is in charge of their recovery, not me. I don't micromanage them anymore. Um, and as a sponsor, to actually say to myself, what is true for me? How, what are the requirements for me? What are the boundaries around this? And we get out in the beginning. It may not work for them. They may not want to do it. But I've learned over time this is what's true for me. So, so I, today I just know God has a job of convincing and convicting I get to share. I no longer feel used and exhausted. I've got some boundaries around it. So I get the blessing to witness their recovery, but I don't hang up the phone most most of the time doing anything other than, gosh, God, that's so cool. That is so cool. Thank you. So it's been a learning process, and um, but an important one. So I don't end up feeling exhausted and enraged. Thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you, Courtney B. Sherry KB, followed by Beth B. Sherry? Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovered compulsive reader. Thank you so much for your service, Sylvia. And, um, you know, I, this first line about if he doesn't want to stop uh, drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil it a later opportunity. I had an experience with someone who called me, you know, and said they'd want to, and then they weren't ready, and... And I just said, you know, I'm here if you want to talk. And um, I, I did spend time talking with them. And then I just I left it up to them. I explained to them how I sponsor and, um, you know, that I just sponsor the way through the big book. And um, I told them my goal was to help them to get on block, to work the steps, and to, you know, get help them get connected with their higher power. And, to, and I told them how I live in 10, 11, and 12. And so, you know, we went back and forth for a while, and this person is doing really well. Um, she's doing great. And so I just I just left her alone. I was very kind. I don't believe in chasing people. Um, I believe in telling them I'm here, and I'm here if you want to talk. And I do believe that love, patience, and tolerance is my code. And I also believe being honest with compassion. Um and just that, you know, I remember, I always think about where I was at and what was going on for me. And I remember when I called my step guide, I wanted this thing. I, I was ready. I was so ready for this. And, you know, as far as um, religious leanings, I think that I usually just ask them if they have a higher power of their understanding, a language of their own heart, um, because that's what we're going to need to get going here. And um, and just, you know, I do... Uh, put my, myself in their place and what it was like. And I also just believe that um, I love this book because this whole chapter is on showing me how to work with others. And, um, and that's what I do with my higher powers help. And it's just that I can't want it more than they want it for themselves. And, you know, abstinence is just a ticket in the door. It's not even a ticket on the ride. You know, it's, it's just the ticket in the door. And so... Um, you know, working with others is such a great ride, and, um, you know, working these steps is amazing. And um, I work at it as if my life depends on it. Um, and I want to I give people my experience, strength, and hope, and then let it go from there. And um, I'm just really grateful for, for having these directions and um, taking it one day at a time. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Beth B, followed by Erica T. Beth. Good morning. Uh, am I being heard? Yes. This is Beth B, a recovering compulsive overeater from Charlottesville, Virginia. I am so grateful today. Just, um, just full of gratitude because um, <clears throat> this, the honesty that I've developed uh, by being exposed to working with others has been invaluable. And, I, and when I say honesty, I say self-honesty because I've been in OA for about a year. Um, I've only been uh, coming to vision uh, for, for about a couple of months. But I realized um, about two months ago 
that the entire time I've been in OA that I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to put the food down. Um, and I had a, a sponsor uh, that was sponsoring me in live meetings who who was trying to make me ready. So I've been on the receiving end of being made to be ready. Uh, and, boy, I really wouldn't want to do that to someone else. Um, and I think that's what our paragraph is, is talking about. I think for me, uh, I got ready when my higher power made me ready. And that's when I reached out for help and found a sponsor on a vision. And now I have a step sponsor and I've put the food down uh, and, and I'm working the steps. Um, now, you know, but, but I do believe that when we're working with, or when I'm working with somebody else, when I get the blessing, when I'm ready and I, I totally agree, I'm not ready to sponsor at this time, but when I am, I think just having the awareness and, and the self-honesty to admit to, to yourself and the humility that you, you are not a savior. Only, only God is a savior, and, and, and when that person uh, is ready, their God will call to them like my God called to me and, and made me ready. And then I put the foot, food down, and I started to recover. Um, so that's my experience, and uh, I, I, I am so grateful. I am so, so grateful to be able to share that with you today. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Beth B. Erica T., followed by Kathy Jo P. Hi, this is Erica T., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so I really love this passage. Um, I have been around 12-step my whole life. I've, um, I've known about OA since I was a teenager. Um, and uh, I also have... Um, I've been on the um, the receiving end of you know trying to be um, convinced to go to twelve step meetings that this was something that I needed, and um, and it always made me just even more resistant. And what I got out of that conversation with other people in my life was that there was something wrong with me that needed to be fixed, and I needed to go and get it fixed. And um, so what I really get out of this passage is just having acceptance for other people and wherever they're at in their process. And um, I think that that's such a gift that we can give to people is just accepting their process and letting them get there in their own time. And um, it took me my whole life to be ready to come to OA. And then um, I remember early on a, was talking when I first got a sponsor and was talking about how hard it was and someone saying to me, you know, you know, you, you don't have to do this right now. You know, if you want to wait until you feel more ready, that's okay. And, um, but I was ready at that time. But what I got out of that conversation is that confirmation for myself that no, it's hard, but this is something that I want to do. And, um, so I really, just appreciated that acceptance because the disease for me is um, the hardest part about the disease is the shame that comes with it. There's so much shame and um, that's what made it so hard for me to walk into the rooms. And when I come into the room and feel this acceptance from everybody there, um, that's the medicine. So I think I just love this passage. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Erica T. Kathy Jo P. Kathy Jo, star one. Hi, this is Kathy Jo P. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I was in the rooms for about seven years, and then I left for 22 and came back about six years ago. <clears throat> and I gave up sugar, but I did not want to surrender. I did not want to do this work. I did not want to do the steps. And towards the end, <clears throat> for like two and a half years, I was in a scurry, running around, 
I don't even know if I want to stay on a hamster wheel, but I was a crazy addict that was running around asking constantly, what food plan are you on? Do you weigh and measure? What do you do? What do you do? And in that pursuit, I found somebody who led me to this, to the big book, to this book that was right smack dab right in front of my face that I'd never cracked open. And, you know, I, I was someone that could not keep an appointment. If you wanted to meet me for coffee, I couldn't even set up a date with you. My life was a mess. And for about three weeks, we met every day for an hour. And that to me is a miracle. And to me, that's God, that's willingness, that's hunger for change. I was at my bottom and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And eventually I got a sponsor in um, from this phone line. And again, I worked with her and I did whatever she told me to do. Um, I was willing to do it 100%. Just like when I nursed my daughter and my son, someone asked me if I was going to nurse and I said yes. And when I asked uh, another person if she was going to nurse, she said she was going to try. I didn't try a year and a half ago. I was in. And um, what I want to say with all that is as I work with people, I um, can't make people try. I can't make people want it. Someone says the food will always bring them back. So, I'm here to work with people, and if people don't want it right now, there's someone that does, and it's my job to be there for people and help people when they're ready to crack the book. And I guess I want to say if you have willingness today, I invite you just to be willing today to do what it takes. You don't have to think about nine months from now. Be willing today and watch what God will do because I believe your willingness will grow. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Jo P. I've got time for one more share for on page 90, uh, the first two paragraphs. Who'd like to end us out? Anyone ready to step up, take that last share? Hi, can I just, uh, this is Nadia. Nadia. Okay, uh, Nadia, go ahead. And Camille, if there's time, we'll come to you. Nadia, go ahead. I'm just going to speak quickly. I'm having a really difficult time. I keep picking up, even though I know. I'm listening, and I'm open to letting go of the food. Nadia, uh, if you can stay to the end of the meeting, just in a few minutes, we greet newcomer greeters. Please stay and give your name and phone number, and we will get you the support that you you are asking for, okay? Thank you, yes. Yes, please stay. Okay, Camille G. Hello, good morning. This is Camille G. on the central coast of California. Camille, I've got you for two minutes, so thank you. I've got your time. Okay. All right, thank you. Um, I was in LA for a while. I lost. Um, I never did find the willingness. I did the workbook, and um, this year, this July, just before my birthday, I decided if I don't do something pretty soon, I'm going to be a fat lady in a co- in a casket. And I know that there is a way out. And I went to LA with a different um, attitude. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I want to give up the food. Not sure if I want to give up the the sugar. But darn sure, I wanted to work myself into being willing to be willing. And I ask the Lord every morning, please, Lord, make me willing to be willing. And I've come to this meeting. I've come to this uh, meeting every morning for the last month and a half. Um, and I was really disappointed when there wasn't a Saturday one. I love a vision for you, and, and the ladies that talk on this line or the people that talk on this line have helped me immensely. <clears throat> and I have a sponsor, and she's working with me, 
and um, I'm very fortunate. She's a second grade teacher, and she teaches me, uh, works with me as if I were one of her students. And uh, every day I'm, I'm a little more willing to put the food down. And I'm so blessed, and I'm so thankful for for a vision for you and the, the people on this line that I've learned from. And with that, I say God bless you all, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you for uh, Team Wednesday for all for uh, all your service. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And then please stick around to the end when we turn off the recording and we greet newcomers and we have announcements. So please stick around. And will Christine M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggested only. Christine M., start one. I can do that if you need to, Sylvia. Please, go ahead. Thank you. Yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to me and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Say to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 